Hello, my name is Hindel Grossman. I'm a divorce attorney in Newton, Massachusetts, and welcome to Inside Divorce, a podcast series published on the 15th of each month. Each guest is an expert in the field of divorce and has fascinating information to share. I hope you'll listen. Hello and welcome to Inside Divorce. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with Steve Seckler, who is going to talk to us about the parallels between a relationship divorce and an employment divorce. So good morning, Steve. Good morning, Hendel. Thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. I'm really excited to hear the, the parallels. I think there are many, and so we'll talk, delve more deeply into each one of them. But first, um, why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and your business? Sure. So my business is called Seckler Attorney Coaching. And I help lawyers who are looking to grow their practice, who are trying to make career transitions, and who are trying to develop leadership skills. I guess for today, the most important part of it, of what I do, is is making the career transitions. Transitions, changes, just like people leaving their marriages. So are you an attorney, Steve? I am an attorney, and uh, I have never practiced, but some of my background also includes having done a lot of legal recruiting. But part of my own transition and part of my own understanding of, of relationship changes uh, involved me deciding that I really wanted to do something else with my life, and I'm now focusing mostly on coaching and not so much on recruiting. I see. So I guess one of the themes today is change is good, whether it's an employment change or a relationship change, uh, but making the decision to change is difficult and uh, should be give it a lot of thought before doing it. So what are the kinds of things people should think about before making a change in employment? So first, let me say that while I have worked with professionals of all kinds and all walks of life, uh, a lot of my clients are attorneys. So some of my remarks are going to be focused a little bit more and be a little bit more relevant to attorneys, but I think they're generally applicable. Mm -hmm. When people are thinking about making a job change, I think what really happens in the minds of most people is They started the job, it was a great relationship to begin with, everybody was excited, and at some point something changed and it was no longer a good relationship, particularly for the employee. Yeah. But what happens is it takes a very long time for people to make the change, make the shift. So very similar to divorce, people are often thinking about it for a long time. And before they actually take the active step to make the change, they have to go through a long process, and that happens a lot with lawyers in particular who are very risk-averse. Do you think lawyers are more risk-averse than some other kinds of people? Well, I think lawyers are more risk-averse, but I mean, I heard another consultant say once that everybody is risk-averse, everybody is reluctant to make change. It's just sort of the human condition. Yeah. But I, th- I think lawyers are particularly risk-averse, and I don't know if it's you become this way by being a lawyer or if people who are risk-averse become lawyers, But what do lawyers do all day long? What do you do all day long, Hindell? You try to figure out what might go wrong, and then you try to advise the client on how to avoid that risk. So it's an occupational hazard. When a lawyer is thinking about making their own change, they're going through their mind, and they're thinking about everything that can go wrong. Uh, Yes, it's true. Attorneys do have to plan for the future, plan to avoid problems for their clients. And so, um, yeah, so we're talking about... um, an employee being unhappy in their job, but sometimes an employer could be unhappy with the employee before the employee even knows it, I imagine. There's circumstances that happen, but maybe the employee is just too valuable to fire. 
Well, certainly in the current climate now, uh, it's a very hot job market for lawyers and other types of professionals. Yeah. So sometimes employers are reluctant to ask an employee to leave. However, my experience is that a lot of times employers will end up doing things that will try to in, induce the employee to leave. They'll make things very uncomfortable. They'll stop treating them well and hope that the employee will leave. Oh, well, that's similar to divorces, right? Sometimes, maybe psychologically. I think it is. Psychologically, the one who wants out uh, may not be the one who says they want out, but they make it so unpleasant for the other one that they, uh, the other spouse says, I can't take it anymore. Yeah, because pulling the plug on a relationship on either side, whether you're the one that's leaving the relationship or the one that is, is being left behind, uh, it's it's hard to make that, that change is hard for everybody. Yeah. I'd like to think that leaving a marriage is harder than leaving a job, but uh, leaving a job brings lots of uh, fear because you lose your stability, you lose your income, you lose you know the people, the friendships you developed at work, that relationships, the lifestyle that you have as a result of that job. Yeah. Well, the other the other part of it is that a lot of jobs, a lot of relationships with employers, it's not black and white. It's similar to a marriage; there are mm-hmm. good times and bad times, mm-hmm. and so things go in cycles. And when things are looking good, you can rationalize to yourself and say like, well, this isn't so terrible. I get paid a good salary. I generally like the clients I'm working with. I like the work. So I guess I'll just stay. And then something happens and you're like, oh my God, what am I doing in this relationship? Mm -hmm. It's so unpleasant. And people, people mostly leave jobs. In my experience, they mostly leave jobs because they're unhappy with the environment. They're not usually leaving for, I mean, sometimes it's a, a great opportunity to advance your career. Yeah. If somebody comes along and tells a lawyer that they could become general counsel of, of GM or some Fortune 50 company, you know, that, that could be very tempting. But a lot of times, the people that I have worked with as a recruiter and the people I coach, they're leaving their jobs or they're thinking about leaving their jobs because they're unhappy with the way they're being treated or the way other people in the organization are being treated. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking if a spouse doesn't like the way they're being treated, they might try to talk to their other spouse about it, or they might try to, they might suggest marriage counseling. So I, I imagine empl- unhappy, where an employee who's unhappy because of the way they're being treated is less likely to complain to the employer. What's your experience with that? I think so. Again, I deal a lot with lawyers. Lawyers are risk averse, and it's hard for lawyers to come out and be straightforward with with their employers if they're an associate talking to a partner or even mm-hmm. if they're a partner talking to the more senior partners mm-hmm. because they don't want to rock the boat and they don't want to feel like you know they may be shown the door but talking to people i think is great advice in general so maybe if you're not talking to your employer talking to your friends talking to other lawyers getting perspective is a really important part of the process of figuring out whether it's time to end the relationship Mm-hmm. because sometimes you may conclude, actually, this actually is working for me, and there are things I can do to tweak the relationship. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can have a conversation with my employer and tell them, you know, when you're leaving me post-it notes all the time on my on my computer, when I'm not there, it makes me feel like you don't trust me, uh-huh. and the employer may not realize that. So there are things that you could do to try to smooth over the relationship. Right. Well, what would your role be, for example, if someone's unhappy in their job, they don't like the way they're being treated, and they're thinking about changing. What, what would your role be in that? My first step would be to help them do some assessment and really look critically at 
what is going on, what is causing them to be unhappy. And sometimes it may just be that they're working with the wrong kind of clients. Maybe they could make a tweak, and if they shift the clients that they're working with or the types of work that they're doing, that could make them happier. And sometimes it's the opposite. So I have a client that I'm working with who is doing a certain type of litigation, and we kind of went through and did some analysis and helped her do some self-reflection, and it turned out that two things are going on. One, she really didn't like the conflict. She didn't like being involved in these sort of nitpicky disputes about what we call discovery in litigation. But she also really didn't like her employer, who didn't have any respect for her time boundaries, would get her, send her emails at at six o'clock on a Friday afternoon, asking her to produce work by Monday morning, which Mm. would then greatly interfere with her plans for the weekend. Yeah. So in that case, there were actually both things going on. But in other instances, it could just be, no, they like the people that they work with. Mm -hmm. They just don't like the kind of work that they're doing or the kind of clients that they're working with. So maybe a corporate lawyer might not like working for large institutions where it's financial institutions, it's all just about money, whereas they really enjoy working with the small startup companies where it's entrepreneurial, where the clients are the the owners, where they're excited about their product. So it depends. So the first step that I go through with my clients is some assessment. Got it. To understand why they're unhappy, it sounds like. Yeah, and by the way, sometimes I do work with them to try to figure out, is there something they could communicate with their employer or their coworkers that could make the situation better? Because I actually do believe that the first step is to try to fix what you have. I, I'm not a big advocate of of leaving to try to fix things, especially not leaving to try to fix things without really understanding and basically taking the same wrong job over and over again. Yeah, yeah. I have a friend who uses the expression, leave the fish to find a fish. So, you know, just to replace one position for another un- potentially unhappy position. But I know, you know, people don't, generally speaking, people don't like job hunting. There's a lot of rejection involved. I guess it's similar to dating. It's very similar to dating. But here's one of the big differences. When you're employed, it's okay, in fact, I would argue it may not be a bad idea to go on a few job interviews just to get perspective. If you're not committed to leaving, then you shouldn't go to multiple rounds of interviews because you don't want the, the, the next employer to think you're very serious, but go to one interview and see what it feels like. I don't think you would advocate doing that in a marriage if somebody was unhappy in their relationship. <laughs> no, I wouldn't, for sure. That is where we part ways, that, that particular piece of uh, advice. Yeah. But so a job hunting is daunting and dating is daunting. And um, so divorce, the decision to divorce obviously means that a person could be, you know, on their own for a long period of time, maybe by choice or maybe not. And so that factors in when people are deciding whether to divorce, whether they're going to find something better out there. If, if in fact, they want something better for employment situations, Generally, people need to be employed unless they're taking time off. So they're possibly leaving one job and being thrown into a market of finding another position that hopefully will be better. But you never know until you're actually working there. Right. But what I will say is that most people who are unhappy in jobs that I know 
do end up happier when they end up in their next job because mm -hmm. whatever wasn't working, if they take the time to sort of think it through, mm -hmm. and I like to point to Kubler-Ross's stages of mourning and grief, which has been debunked a little bit, but the conventional wisdom in psychological circles is that if you're experiencing a death, that you have to go through various stages before you could sort of move on. Kubler-Ross had a very strict sequence that it turns out not everybody goes through. But but going through the process of thinking about what worked for you during your job, what you might want to do differently in terms of how you approach the people that you work with, what you want to work on, on yourself, what kinds of work you want to do. You could find happiness on the other side of a job divorce if you take the time to make those, you know, take those steps. Mm -hmm. uh, you may find that may happen serendipitously, but as you know, as a divorce lawyer, people sometimes divorce one individual and then they end up in the same bad relationship the second time because they didn't really think it through. Yeah, they certainly can. Or uh, they were so starry-eyed that they got rid of the bad thing that their previous spouse had and replaced it with some other bad quality they didn't recognize right away. They didn't see the red flags, in other words. Right, and it yeah. is it is scary to be out there and to be single and solo. And I'm not saying that everybody that quits a job doesn't have another job. So, you know, many people do. But if you do quit a job, which sometimes is a really good way to get more clarity. I have a friend who's was unhappy for over a decade and she finally quit her job so that she can get more clarity. But, you know, I could see that this happened a while ago, but I could see that when she started to get approached, she hadn't really thought through what does she want next. She would go to interviews and say like, Oh, you know, I'm not sure how I came across. I'm like, but what did you think? Mm -hmm. What did you think? Did this seem like a better situation for you? So it's easy to be seduced by another job because the next new thing always looks better. So you don't see the warts yet. You don't see the warts yet. Yeah. So I so I think having a bad job situation and going through a process is an opportunity to find yeah. more career satisfaction. Yeah. And the same thing should happen when a person's getting divorced or after the divorce is over to reflect on why it happened and how to avoid, potentially avoid it in the future or how to, you know. I don't understand what what you need as, as an employer, sorry, employee, or as a person looking for a relationship. And sometimes that's just because, you know, you were working for a jerk or you were married to a jerk. Mm -hmm. but, but, often it, but often it's more complicated than that, I would argue. Yeah. I think it always is more complicated than that. So, I mean, things like finances obviously play a large part in a person's decision to stay or leave a job or stay or leave a marriage. Exactly. So if you're going to quit a job and you don't have another job, unless you have a spouse who has a job, it could be challenging. So, you know, one way to approach that is to save up some money, you know, create a little nest egg so that you can weather some of the transition because right. it could take a while to find a high paying job. And yeah. lawyers, you know, by most measures are high paid individuals. Yeah. Yeah. And you should be selective. People should be selective about their partners and employees should be selective about their jobs, employers. So, you know, controlling your expenses also when you're going through these transitions, maybe yeah. don't take that vacation to New yeah. Zealand, you know, 
go to the Berkshires instead. Mm-hmm, that's right. The beautiful, <laughs> the beautiful Berkshires, particularly Charlemont, right? Well, as you know, I love the Berkshires, and I, mm-hmm. I can't wait, can't wait to stay in your in your bed and breakfast when it's ready. It's going to be great. We're having a lot of fun with it. So, I guess job market has a bit, some impact on a person's decision to leave a job, whereas with a <laughs> We don't have the same economic cycles with uh, relationships. Well, we don't, although, I don't know, maybe during the pandemic, it might have seemed like people had more inducement to divorce or or they grew closer because they Mm. were with each other all the time. Mm -hmm. But it was harder to date. So, yes, it's easier to find another job when times are good. So that's that's for sure. One of the measures in the economy, I don't know if you've ever heard of this, but there's something called the quit rate. No. So the quit rate is the percentage of people in the in the workforce who will quit a job. And so when the quit rate goes up, that's when the economy is improving, the quit rate generally goes up because that- People feel more like transition. They can make more transitions. Yeah. Or it's easier to transition from one job to another, I guess. It's easier to transition. Uh-huh. Huh. And where are we right now in April of 2022? I think the quit rate's pretty high. I mean, mm-hmm. I, there was the great resignation which may have been a little bit overstated, but people are changing jobs and certainly lawyers are changing jobs. Mm. What is the Great Resignation? So we had the, the Great Depression and then we had the Great Recession at the end of, you know, in 2008, 2009. And then the Great Resignation was people sick of their jobs and COVID and being cooped up in their homes and realizing that there's more to life. I think a lot of us had existential questions raised through this pandemic. I certainly did, which is one of the reasons why I decided it's time for me to shift heavily over towards coaching. Uh-huh. People had deaths. My parents died. They were quite elderly, uh-huh. very, sad, very sad, not tragic. But, you know, it made me realize, gee, life is short, you know, do what I should be doing what I want. I see. So... Internal and external forces change our perspective of our lives. Absolutely. Right. I think. I'd never heard that expression, the great resignation. It makes perfect sense. Move on to something you love. Don't stay stuck. If you can. If you can. I mean, it is a little bit of a luxury. And I will say that if you happen to have a, a spouse that's a good wage earner and has good benefits, then it makes it easier to start your own business, for example then you're not as at risk. Yeah. You touched on an important topic, which are benefits. So it's not just salary, but all those little ancillary benefits a person gets from working. And one of them might be the luxury of working remotely most of the time, or the burden of having to go to travel to, or commute to an office. Well, that those logistics are still being worked out in the legal field, yeah. as, you, as you probably know. But mm. I mean, for a very long time, lawyers were working remotely. It was... Yeah. You know, even in law firms where very conservative thinking yeah. in terms of the workplace, uh, partners, you know, they got very used to, got used to it. It might not have happened. So mm-hmm. Rahm Emanuel, the former mayor of Chicago and former advisor to Obama said, never let a good crisis go to waste. And I think one of the one of the great things actually that happened out of the pandemic was that a lot of employers began to realize that this remote working situation can work quite well. But what's going on right now is, I think some employers are trying to adopt a hybrid work situation where people can have a little bit more flexibility 
And I was reading the other day, not specifically related to law firms or lawyers, but that some of those situations have some of their own problems because it takes away people's routine. And if you're going into the office every day, you have a routine, you see people regularly. But it does open up more opportunities for people. The right. The remote working situation has made it more desirable and employees are demanding it. Mm-hmm. Collaboration, I imagine, becomes more challenging among among employees. You know, you're not physically in the same office, but somehow over the past couple of years, people have worked around that or managed to adapt in some other way. Let's dive a little bit deeper into how you help a client, I guess, of yours, who's an attorney, really figure out what they like and don't like about a job. I have certain tools I use. I have certain assessment tools, mostly that I've created, but I also borrow from other people who are who have been at this for a a lot longer than I have. Mm -hmm. A big part of the process is is getting people, as I already alluded to before, out and speaking, speaking to potential employers, you know, looking for little pieces of evidence that something might work better for them. Mm -hmm. So this litigator that I mentioned that really was just tired of the stress of litigation, all the deadlines, I had her talking to someone about a job as a as a clerk for one of the appellate courts, teaching writing in a law school, and then doing things that are completely unrelated to litigation altogether, like this particular individual had an interest in employment law, a lot of experience, going to work in a more transactional way, advisory way, doing employment law where there wasn't as much litigation involved. Yeah. And then maybe doing that in a corporate environment where, you know, you're responding to inquiries by human resources about how to deal with employees and it's not so much conflict or also looking at investigations which are not litigation. It's just sort of fact gathering and mm-hmm. figuring out what's going on. So I help my clients try to come up with ideas for things to explore. Yeah. And we don't go deep initially. We're just, you know, again, it's like dating. You know, I, I would argue that dating is a volume business and job hunting is a volume business. <laughs> you you want to sort of get out and mm-hmm. meet a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to get what you mean. Let's talk about what happens when people leave jobs. What's the best, most graceful way to actually leave a position? So regardless of what your feelings are about how things went with your employer, regardless of whether you feel like you were treated well or not, I would always advise my my clients to leave with grace, to thank the employer, to make sure that they understand that you really appreciate everything they've done and that you have this opportunity to move on and move in a different direction and you'd like to make the transition as smooth as possible. So what is the, you know, how much time do you think we need to make that happen? The second thing I would advise strongly is to do it in person. So I have children that are in their 20s and I know that that generation likes to communicate by text, maybe by email. And giving your notice is a very emotional you know, it's a very emotional message. You don't want to give emotional messages by text or email. You want to do it in person, look the person in the eye and make sure that you're treating them in a human way. Uh, Another piece of advice is when you do leave is to not diss your, your ex. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. This can be really hard, especially if you feel like you were treated poorly. Mm-hmm. But right. in general, it doesn't reflect well on you. I was just mm-hmm. talking to a client of mine who was interviewing an assistant for a role, and that individual was talking about, was saying some pretty negative things about their current employer, actually. Even worse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, 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 you know, what my, my friend was thinking was, wow, you know, what are they going to be saying about us uh-huh. in the future? So you don't want to be dissing your, your ex. Uh-huh. Another thing to watch out for is counter offers. So in a busy work environment and work climate where talent is short, employers, it's not unusual for employers to give counter offers and say like, well, what will it take to make you stay? Yeah. And for lawyers, for example, if you're an associate, if you've gone out and you've secured an offer and then you accept a counter offer, now you've demonstrated that you're not necessarily committed to the relationship, and that could have a very negative impact when you are up for partner. Mm-hmm. So we always, and I have always advised people not to take counter offers. Mm-hmm. Because you've given notice in the first place, so they doubt that your your commitment, I guess, right? Yeah, they need you now. Yeah. But, you know, and then the other, the other thing to be thinking about is like, well, if things weren't working now, you know, it, it took you to go out and get another offer to make them actually make some change. That doesn't mm. really bode well for your mm-hmm. for the future. But to, but I, I see your point. I guess it just assumes that the employer knows that the employee is unhappy and didn't do anything about it. That's where the informational disconnect comes from for me is that, you know, employees can be unhappy, but does the employer know they're unhappy and why? And does the employer choose not to fix it? So it's a communication issue. Well, that's true. I mean, yes, and maybe I understated the importance of trying to communicate and try to fix the relationship. Yeah, you know, similar similar in divorce. I mean, there are, you know, marital counseling does work sometimes. Yeah, I think for marriages, people are probably more of it more motivated to try to stay together, unless there's a third party involved or one of the spouses is kind of mentally out of the relationship, the marriage relationship already because they're you know having another relationship that feels better but you can't do that typically you can't do that with employment so well there's a jewish expression you can't dance at two weddings at the same time uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> that's right exactly so in that way our professional lives are, are not parallel in that regard but i guess you know it would take a lot for an employee to say to the employer look i'm unhappy because of xyz and then take the risk that they're going to get fired for speaking up that's true. That's very true. You know, maybe when I was younger, I was naive to think that when people say they want honest feedback, that they meant that, it. That, that yeah. they really mean it. And, yeah. you know, I mean, a lot of organizations will do exit interviews. Uh-huh. And my advice to, to anyone I'm talking to who's leaving a job is if you have an exit interview, don't be honest. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm very big on integrity, but I don't think there's anything to be gained generally by saying really negative things. So really it shouldn't be an exit interview. It should be an interview while people are there. Exactly. Exactly. You should <laughs> be, re- st- you should be recruiting. I once read an article not long ago. I think it was, uh, you should keep, re- you should be recruiting your talent all the time. Mm-hmm. Recruiting, meaning interviewing and making sure everybody's happy. Is it yeah. as happy as you can make them? Yeah. I mean, the people role, stay. the role of the role of a leader yeah. It's another thing that I spend my time on helping coaching lawyers on their leadership skills. Yeah. Is figuring out how to make other people that work for you successful. That's your main job. 
Your main job as a leader is ensuring the, that others that work with you are successful. Helping them grow. Right? Absolutely. And not feel stagnant. Yeah. Well, Steve Steckler, this has been a really interesting discussion podcast on the parallels between uh, em- employment and divorce or divorcing when you're employed. So thank you for your time. Appreciate it. I'm drawing all these parallels. It's, I think there's a lot more than I really realized. Yeah, no, I've been thinking about this for a long time, but I really appreciate having the opportunity to come on and speak with you because you're deeply steeped in divorce. You understand these dynamics and it's just fun to to bounce the ideas off of you and get some confirmation that I'm not crazy. <laughs> well, you're not crazy, but I think what we do is very similar in many ways. All right. Thanks so much. Thank you. Sassoon Simrod has attorneys who meet your dynamic needs, handling legal matters including tax issues, real estate transactions, business law, and of course, divorce and post-divorce matters. I can be reached to the same number, 617-969-0069, but my email address has changed. It's now hgrossman at sassoonsimrod.com. Sassoon Simrod is spelled S-A-S-S-O-O-N. C-Y-M-R-O-T. Thanks for listening.